that's, that's going on. And I don't know if it's a podcast or YouTube. Cool. Probably, right. probably be YouTube. That'll probably be the easiest that's, thing. That'll be fun. That's great. <laughs> so We can tag handles and stuff and be famous. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have 12 followers, so watch out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure they're mostly my family. Well, well, so send me the link to the channel. I'll follow it and share it. And sounds, too, so. sounds good. So, Dustin? Yep. Guitar player for Decadence. Decadence. Thank you for being here. Absolutely, buddy. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. So I was excited the other night. Uh, you invited me over to your house, and you and Chewy, yep. I know him as Chewy, Ben Burris. Yep. Uh, we're working on some tunes. That was so. It sounds relatively organic. So when I we originally invited you over, we we're going to have full full band practice because right. you know that's just that's what we do. And um, you know, if, if one reason or another, one of the guys gets stuck at work and. You know, they got kids and stuff like that. So Scott's got kids, Ben's got kids. Sometimes mm -hmm. it gets to be, um, sometimes it becomes a different plan for that day. <laughs> I understand. Not me a jerk and meet my phone, just, just ding in my pocket. How about that? No we problem. No edit problem. all that out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> well, no. I'm not ed we're not editing anything, man. Good, it's good. No worries. So, um, so I've been working. So let me start by saying with the quarantine stuff, yeah. you know, it's, it's been. You're working from home? Yeah. So for, for, um, this past two weeks, I started just going back into the office two days. Okay. So I've been 100% remote. Yeah. And of course, I have to work during the day. But, um, you know, on my lunch break, I have a guitar in my room. You mm -hmm. know, I have the ability to um, sit downstairs in the studio and spend a few minutes doing that versus when I'm at my normal office, I can't do that. Obviously, when I'm logged on for work, I'm working and still doing, doing my thing. Mm -hmm. But um, I can listen to music all day long versus having to have it, ear, ear, earbuds in or... Um, being distracted by other people, so I actually have time to like just sit back and just listen to music, which is what I, which is where I start getting ideas yep. from. Yep. And uh, so our goal was to, you know, we we had no idea how long the stuff's going to last. You know, we have nobody has any idea how long it's still going to last. We we we're seeing some changes, whatever. But mm -hmm. let's put out a new EP. Let's do some. Let's we have time. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's let's do a couple songs. We record everything ourselves, and we we almost produce everything ourselves. Right. We'll form it out to. Um, whoever we work with at the time to do mixing and mastering for sure. us and um also recording your drums i remember the last time you guys yeah uh, were working on your album yep uh, you guys cut the drums right in there we did yeah yep. so on the other side of the camera lens that big open space yep. it, they turned out really well too um just yeah the, the, I thought it, yeah you know. the open room was like that's great so we have um we have three songs that are pretty polished that we've been working on for mm -hmm. a little while. Are y'all going for like five songs? Or? So here's the here's the fun part. Since we've started writing relatively quickly again, it just it comes and it yeah. waxes and wanes. Some days it's like that's, I can't write anything. That's true. Some yeah. days I'm like I can't pull a riff out of my hands to save my life. And then some days I sit down and I spit out four of them. I'm like, where's this come from? So we we wrote the song with you the other day that you were hanging out, yep. hearing some of that. Yep. And then. Um, the one we had one before that we already been working on so that puts us at five potential nice. tracks right now right now and um, now do you guys like to record a lot and pick the best of the we uh the last so in our to our to our historical fault yeah our last record took a very long time because we had some member changes along the way yeah yeah um you know had some it's just stuff happens man you know so we had songs written back then that we were trying to record and that just kind of didn't work out and we started sitting on stuff and then of course um Ben came on board at that point in time. Uh, Scott came on board. Um, we've had a there or a partner off and on here and there, and that's kind of worked and hadn't worked. So 
the core of us, Scott, Ben, and Ryan and myself, it, this, it just seems to work. So mm-hmm. um, I'll sit down and start crafting riffs, and they'll tell me if they hate it or not. <laughs> and then um, do you get nervous with that when you bring it to them? Or? Sometimes um, Ben will Ben will help me. He is he is. A, I won't, I, I'm sure he'll see and hear all this at some point. But he's really a diamond in the in the rough that is that is deck. That's because yep. he's an excellent drummer, and he helps me to pull out of my head. This is how I really wanted that riff to sound. Mm-hmm. But hearing, like, so when I start sitting down to write stuff, I start hearing drum patterns, I start hearing bass lines and stuff, and I kind of hear a vocal pattern. But I, obviously I want them to contribute, and we all contribute together. It's where Ben sits down and starts playing to whatever it is. It doesn't immediately come out of my brain perfect by any stretch of the word. Mm-hmm. Ben helps it get there because he can start shaping it. And like he's like, try this. You need another note here. You need another note there. Um, I'm not... Formally trained. I taught myself to play. Sure. Taught myself to play by I want ear. to talk about that. Cool. Also. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but presenting him an idea, hey, let's play this riff real quick and see how it sounds. And he starts going, I'm like, all right, that's that's kind of like, that's that's where I was, what I was hearing in my brain. So yeah. let's, let's start, you know, piece by piece. And we'll take that riff and then we'll say, all right, well, what, what's the next one? And what's the next one? So I'll, I'll write two or three pieces and then we start writing the rest of it together. Yeah. So. He really helps to, to you know, we all, everybody has input, everybody kind of brings in their, their flavor of stuff, and then we start yeah. layering, you know. Yeah, I worked with, uh, for a lot of years with Chewy over at WIS, yep. and one of his other great talents is you can spend eight hours or 12 hours with him, and it's like you spent 10 minutes. Like, it doesn't yeah. feel, yeah. It, he makes things feel very yes. easy. Yes, They flow easily. Everybody in the band, um, this particular lineup, man, um, you know what? You know me enough outside. You know Ryan a little bit. You've hung mm. around him some. You've, you've hung around Scott some. Everybody has has just a laid back personality. Yeah. If anybody's the high strung one, it's me because I overthink stuff all the time. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I overthink <laughs> stuff and overanalyze and, yep. and um, you know, just just I, I get you know, not lack of better words, I get anxious about stuff mm-hmm. and I want to do stuff and I want to write, and I want to play. And, and there's just so much I want to do, and, and these guys are incredibly supportive, and we all do it together, which is which is a blast. That's great. But they let me they let me do my crazy thing, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Are you done? Can you calm down now? Can we <laughs> can we move on?" You know. Yeah. And there's been there's been instances where um, you have to ask Scott about the uh, the locking case comment one day. We were, we were getting ready to pack up for the road, going on the road somewhere, and I, I didn't. Anytime we were packing up to go play, like it's it's I, we call it the idiot check. We go, we load sure. up all the gear, yep. mm-hmm. uh, make sure we didn't forget anything, make sure we pack stuff, and I always kind of pack stuff a certain way just because a long time ago I was a furniture mover, so I knew how to stack stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm always OCD and incredibly annoying about it. Yeah, and we had this case. I remember I don't remember what it was a big big old road case, and, it, and the wheels didn't lock on it. And I, for some reason in my brain, I got stuck there. And I told the guys like four or five times, well, you know, the wheels don't lock. The wheels don't. I just and I couldn't get out of a, a head loop because I was thinking about it. And that that stupid joke haunted me for probably two months because Scott would randomly say, "Hey, you know, those wheels don't lock or whatever." <laughs> it's just you know, band life. You get into those like yeah, that was a, it's like a band of brothers. Is that yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. All, the, all the riffing and the yep, yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There's I caught <laughs> I caught Scott a habitual line stepper on stage, hearkening from uh, Dave Chappelle, right. Um, one night and it was it was quite hilarious and the, I, the Charlie Murphy bit yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that same show I think that was the Charleston show where I split my pants two songs in nice I think that was the same show it might not have been but um, yeah two songs into the show you know we've you've seen us perform so you know we all are pretty 
active on stage, and yeah. I was. I think I never wear, or oddly enough, I never, never wear shorts on stage, and I was wearing shorts that night, and. Um, and they split on you. I sure did. You know, I'm 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 a pretty active guy, so I've lost a little bit of poundage at the time. So they were, they weren't riding as tight and as high as they normally would, and they they made their way to the to the corn. Lost some poundage. I like yeah, that. Yeah, they made their way to the corn esque <laughs> level around my knees, and when I when I put my I think I put my foot on the monitor or something, and I felt it. I felt it happen, and um, <laughs> luckily for me, in the first two rows of people, I was I was garmented under there as well. So. <laughs> So, I just I'm kind of backtracking here. So, how did you get into guitar in the first place? Um, so uh, let's see. Like, how old were you? I was I was a real young kid when I started. When I, when I got interested in playing. I was real young. So my dad plays, mm-hmm. and he plays country music and beach music. And that's not really my style, but he sure. but he I was introduced to it as a small small child. Um, he never he never really forced it on on me or my two brothers. He you know he was like you know he wanted us to be aware of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But he wanted us to choose that because he spent a lot of time away, you know, growing up. But he would, you know, when I was old enough to not really be allowed to go to clubs, he was taking me. So I, I knew where he was when he wasn't home kind of thing. So it was really cool. Um, but where I got real serious, got real interested in it, one of my very best friends, his name's Justin Longshore. Uh, he's a guitar player for a band called Through the Eyes of the Dead. And they mm-hmm. were originally, they got kind of bigger out of the Florence area. And now they live pretty much all over the country. But he and I grew up um, as brothers together. His his mom and my dad were an item for a while, and we okay. were so literally brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. They, they never married, but we lived in the same household. Mm-hmm. Um, that let's see, how old were we? Justin, I think, was eight, and I was six. I think we're three. Right at right at three years. So I was either five or six, maybe a little older. No, I had to be a little. I had to be older. It was that was the, that was the gap in age difference, but it was around the era. Where Green Day's Dookie album was yep. out, so okay. that's that's early '90s. Yep. So I'm, yeah, I was born in '85, so early '90s. Um, Justin looks at me and goes, "Hey, we're gonna start a band. We're gonna move to Myrtle Beach when we turn 18 years old." I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, "Yes, that's awesome. Let's go." So that year, <laughs> that year, we begged our, my dad to get us. Um, Justin had a green, lime green PB Tracer guitar with like his lime green with the other shade of green X's all over it. Mm-hmm. I had a BC Rich NJ series war, uh, NJ series bass, so he's gonna play guitar. I was gonna play bass, and we're gonna move to Myrtle Beach and get famous. Nice Myrtle Beach. That's the, that's the place. <laughs> no, no. Well, back at, so <laughs> at that time, as well, kids, they had the theaters down there. Yeah. yeah so yeah. at that time, as kids, um, being Myrtle Beach was was the place. We we'd never been anywhere else. Mm-hmm. He was from Ohio originally. His mom moved down to the south, but um you know but dad took us to Myrtle Beach on a few trips you mm-hmm. know as kids they're like because just an hour and a half from where we grew up we grew up in, in Bennettsville and um there's a Hooters there and there's all these there's the strip and there's you know <laughs> everywhere to go you know so that was that was what we we're gonna do and uh the next year my dad got us a couple of Fender Strats um just the very cheap ones couldn't play it to save my life um and I put it up I was like screw this I don't want to play anymore um I think a couple of years had passed, and Justin, Justin, his mom had, had moved on, and he and I stayed friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, we st- we were still friends this very day. Like we talked earlier about a salsa recipe I came up with over the weekend. Is that what you're posting pictures about? Fantastic. Oh, salsa. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we still to this day are, are friends, but we were. He was heading into his teenage years a couple of years earlier than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get reinterested in it until I was about thirteen or four, or twelve or thirteen. Had that same strat somewhere under my bed in a guitar case and never knew how to play it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. Why not? Because yeah. like, 
you know, I'm getting to be a teenager and I want to chase chicks. And like my dad chased chicks with guitar. Yeah, you know, that's that, that's par for the course, right? So I start learning and then I discovered the almighty power chord at like 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And then I could play every Nirvana song in the library. I'm like, this is cool. I can play Nirvana. Yeah. The, the, the neighborhood, like one of the neighborhood girls would come over. Like a bunch of guys, you know, we, just, we were kids, so it wasn't like it was anything weird. But um, then we'd all come hang out and I had this little stupid, terrible, just little amplifier that sounded like garbage. But I could strum Nirvana on it, and they understand. They knew Nirvana yeah. back in the day, so like, and you could play it, and I could play it. Yeah, yeah. So that was I was like, all right, that's that's really awesome. Um, and then it, it turned into, um, you know, my my brothers are very much older than I was coming along, and Justin had moved on, so I had a lot of time to myself too. Like, both my parents are awesome; they were wonderful people. They worked a lot, so I had a lot of downtime. As parents do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they made sure I had you know pretty much stuff I needed, and all, most of what I wanted, kind of as the best they could. Um, but you know, you remember being a teenager, you want this guitar, you want that thing, you want this thing and that thing or whatever. So I was like, I got downtime. I'm going to start learning more and learning mm-hmm. more and learning more. And, um, believe it or not, I don't know if you know this, I actually joined a youth band at one point I in did life. Yep. I was not aware. That was, so I grew up in small town Bennettsville where, you know, at that age, there's not really options. Now, where is that? Where is Bennettsville? Think about uh, South Carolina is a big triangle. Yep. It's the upper kind of corner about an hour and a half from Myrtle Beach, about 45 minutes out of Florence, from us here in Columbia, about two hours away. Okay. So you keep going toward so the PD, yeah. mm-hmm. and the next nearest kind of big city, um, this is kind of fun, fun in this whole story, the next nearest big city to go see anything is Fayetteville, North Carolina. And mm-hmm. so my junior high years, I'm learning to play guitar. I join a, I join a, a church band, and I'm, and I'm like, this is kind of not my style. Like, to, by all means, I love them people very much. I'm still friends with some of them today, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't want to strum a G chord. I want to learn how to play Iron Maiden solos and stuff, which sure. I still can't do. But you had the desire, the, yeah. So, I, so, <laughs> but what, where I where I give it the most credit is that taught me how to be in a band setting and learn from other instruments. Yes, um, you know, hearing a drummer, hearing you know uh, other players. And <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that get their started. Yeah, church. yeah, yeah. So, so the fun part I took away from that is me and a bunch of guys from that era of time went on to start my first metal band. Um, we played at my high school uh, okay. a couple. A couple. I will. Um, I don't know if you ever if you'll ever see this, but uh, we had an art teacher my senior year. And I'd been in a couple other small bands along the way, but then I, I kind of got better enough to start my own band with some guys that I'm still friends with to this very day. I love them dearly. Uh, we started a metal band called Inscripted. I, somewhere I have a, a hoodie with our logo on it. Oh, nice. Somewhere I have an EP that we created. And it was those will be good memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we, we started playing, and, and his name was um, his name was Omari Fox, and he would he would let us play at what we call Freestyle Friday. He would host this thing on Fridays at the school where rappers and, and poets and singers, songwriters, artists would display their. He's, he did, his thing was he didn't care what you did, like do his. Do you do your thing? Be mm-hmm. you, you know. Yeah, and it's very cool. encouraging, like it well ahead of his time at our mm-hmm. at our small town school to let a bunch of gothic kids play heavy metal in our jazz band room. That's awesome. Man. So it was fun. It was fun, and um, we tried to we tried to kind of keep it going. And of course, your teenagers people people have different interests. We all we, we kind of grew apart. That's mm-hmm. we're still friends now, but at the time we just someone somebody was wanting to do this, somebody wanted to do that. And um, so that band kind of disbanded. I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet for a career. So I, I was still in Bennettsville. Um, I was finishing high school. I went to work um, moving furniture. It's where I got my loading stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started my I started a, an associate's degree program. Joined a band with a, guy, a couple guys called Red September. 
and that was a fun that was a fun experience. We we were we were your average garage rock band. We cut an EP that you know was fun to play. And then I moved here to go to school. Um, we tried to keep that band going, but it just would two hours of distance is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, of course, life happens. Some of our guys got married. Some of them you know, started having kids, and you know, just mm-hmm. priorities shifted or whatever. Yep. I'm the I'm the forever bachelor at this point. So I came here. I answered a MySpace ad. I joined a band called Examining Emma, and Ryan and Ben okay. um, were in different renditions of that band. I was going to say that yeah. name sounds so yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah. So this is where um, this is where our plot thickens, if you will. So these guys were um, in a band called Examining Emma. I joined a band. I answered a MySpace ad. I joined a band with Glenn Harris. I'm still friends with now. He and mm-hmm. I are you know good good friends. He's in, he's in Skullduggery, which I'm sure you've heard of those guys. Yeah, that does sound familiar. I also um, think there's they a just podcast. played over at um, State Street Pub this past Saturday night with the Metallica cover band King Nothing. Okay. So I answered a MySpace ad, joined a band with him and some other guys, and um, we had a short run. Um, just kind of didn't really you know stick around too long. So in that interval of time, we did play a few shows. And I performed with that band. We opened for Examining Emma at the time. Mm-hmm. The guitar player for Examining Emma reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we're looking for a guitar player. Um, I think, I, I don't remember why their other guy was leaving or, or whatever. I was like, yeah, dude, like, I, at the moment I'm still doing this, but, you know, this doesn't work out, I'll call you. Like, hey, uh, is that <laughs> spot? That thing? Yeah, 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 is that spot still open? And um, I forget which rendition of Examining Emma were, were present at the time but Ben had played in that band before Ryan played in that band before uh, I think I think it was a guy named Trey I think it's Trey Attaway he cycled in and out and when he came back out Ryan stepped back in and that's where my, my and Ryan's friendship started and budded and fast forward we're still here doing the same thing together so. now, now how did y'all go from that to decadence so some of the prior members of Examining Emma went on to form decadence um, so Ryan and I are kind of the original 2.0 members, if you will. So mm-hmm. th- that band was, was kind of rocking and rolling along. Some of their members started transitioning out, and the original singer reached out to us and asked us if we would be willing to you know, step in. Okay. J.D. Um, Whitman, phenomenal guitar player, phenomenal singer. He was moving to the upstate. I'm not sure, I guess work or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was moving up to the Greenville area. Um, Danny is, was the orig- one of the original bass players. He's down in Charleston in a band called Typhoid Danny now doing some cover stuff and a bunch of rock stuff. I hadn't talked to him in a while, but I'd love to. Um, and then Chris, the drummer we had, he was with us for, for a while. Um, he lived down in Aiken, so he was driving back and forth a pretty extensive amount. So when he when he uh, you know kind of just couldn't do it anymore, Ben was like, hey, I want to get back in the original scene. Ben was coming from, what's the ska punk cover band he was in for a while? Um I don't know that I knew that he was in a ska cover. They were, well, yeah, they did Ben, covers. yeah, Ben was the band. <laughs> they were pretty. They were pretty. No, uh, what were they called? What were they called? They were pretty well known. Give me a second. It'll, it'll come to me in thirty seconds. No, it won't either because I have no clue what it is. Uh, no, no worries. <laughs> but uh, ju- uh, Junior and those guys he played with for quite okay. Modern Disruption. That's it. Okay, that's it. Modern. I think I did hear about that yeah. actually. So they, he was he was doing Modern Disruption stuff and. He uh, he's like, hey, you want to throw my hat, my name in the hat for some original stuff? And so what we did, kind of it, this is this is a lot of history for you, but kind of to get us rocking and back in kind of the groove, we learned that first record of Decadence material. So we we basically toured under the band's first record. Um, of course, me and Ryan kind of making it our own, playing it kind of you sure. know, playing it very close to the original stuff, but kind of adding our stuff to it. 
then we started writing some stuff from there, which um, just just time would, would pass by, and that early probably three or four songs became the foundation for the Rise Above record that we have now. Just we couldn't get back to the studio for one reason or another, and you know, being a local band, it's it's expensive by yourself, and you know, mm-hmm. just travel cost, and yep. you know, people's people's personal lives kind of intertwined with some of that, and it makes it either possible or impossible at times. So you know. It, Oh, we yeah. had to. It's, it's a lot to juggle, man. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. wife and kids and job. Yeah, and so we um, we 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 have the lineup that we have now. We, we've had a we've had a second guitar player kind of in and out over the last couple of years. But the foundation and core of it's been me, Ryan, Ben, and Scott. You know, and that's that's the lineup that you hear on the Rise Above record. And um, we had another guitar player, another guitar player on that record for a little while, but uh, he's not with us now either. But okay, he uh, he he put some good work down on the record with us, so we have to give him credit there. Okay, sure. now uh, I was thinking about this so Omari Fox was he a teacher Omari Fox was an art teacher at my high school and our friends on Facebook to this day we'll touch base every once in a while that's incredible that someone did that yeah was open-minded enough in small town well yeah I mean that's the craziest thing and I I know he's talking in other places but the craziest thing was it was small town I'm talking you know I know we're in in Columbia area here and the schools are all massive and you have ton of other programs that we're a small town public school that's that's, um, that's awesome to have yeah, someone like yeah. that in your life to help yeah. incubate not, the not kids. by any stretch of the word but to have that creative thinker right. in a very um mayberry-esque style town you know it, it, it he caught it i think he caught a little flat for it for some reason along the way but for us who got to experience it that was awesome it was my first stage it was my first real stage yeah, ever, I mean, you know there's an opportunity to get up there in front of other yeah, people yeah. i mean that's that's like you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, we were absolutely lucky. I mean, it was, it was me and some of those other guys. Yeah, you know, I don't know this, those guys are doing much now music-wise. I know our old old singer was. He's doing another band called um, Antietam. I think that's how you pronounce it. They're out of the out of Marble County area. Okay. He's still trying to do some music stuff. So we got our first shot, sort of, right, mm-hmm. in a public forum that was a crowded classroom full of kids who were digging what we're doing. That's awesome. That very first experience of seeing a crowd react to music we created. That's what started this whole yeah. cycle for me. That's a that's a good feeling too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, a little off topic. You believe in aliens? Do I believe in aliens? I would have a hard time believing that we're the only living creature in this universe. So, are they green men with big eyes? Probably not. Probably not. But are there probably aliens out there? Probably so. Probably so. Yes, I was. I don't know why I was thinking about that. I was, I was thinking about the aliens guy, the yeah. meme. Yeah. The, the ancient aliens dude. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm just going to ask, do you believe, believe that? I have a hard time believing we're the only living organism in this in this space. Yeah. I even, even down to a molecular level, there's, you know, well, like, it, when you get into the, is there other life somewhere versus other intelligent being, that, that becomes a... Right, well, you know they're uh, looking at Venus, the clouds of Venus for... That's what I heard. Is bacteria yeah. life, like yeah. that doesn't. The past two weeks, that's kind of yeah. come out. My buddy, uh, my buddy Rob Early, you've seen, you've seen mm-hmm. Banter on Facebook, he is... He's big into space and aliens and yeah. So. I, I have a hard time. I, I guess I believe that they're out there somewhere. Right. I have a hard time believing they'd be interested to fly uh, all the way to Earth. Twenty twenty right now. I think <laughs> well, it'd be a hard time getting yeah. anybody to stop here and yeah. shop for anything. So. Unless they're the cause of it. Unless, Unless they're the, the cause, cause of it. it. Yeah. That's also very true. <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm gonna take a break one second. Right. I want to see yep. how this thing is going. Cool. Since this is the first time, yeah, I think, I think we're back in business. All right.
after some slight technical difficulties. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. We'll, we'll figure out how to... I'm just going to edit it together, man. I'm not trying to edit that's, all this bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but what we were talking about was recreating, recreating the studio yeah. sound for the guitar yeah. live using multiple amps. So, um, you know, again, so before our, our short pause for the calls there, yeah. we, uh, other guitar players, you know, we're not pros. You know, we're, we're some local guys, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't need... Do I want three amps on stage? Sure. Is it practical? No. Um, so what I, I yeah. say that's a workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what I have what I have been able to do to achieve that is I have been using the bias rack for um, over a year exclusively now. So if you knew me at all, you'd know that I'd always take a backup head on the road. I'd mm -hmm. always take extra stuff simply because what happens if something goes wrong? And uh, I I took my fifty one fifties with me the first two or three months after getting it just to say, hey, you know, let me just double check, whatever. And um, there are, you may get comments and reviews on this podcast that the, the bias isn't as good as the Kemper. It's not as good as the Axe effects. Mm -hmm. That may be true to the other ear. For me, the bias achieves the tone um, and it weighs 13 pounds and it's 600 watts of power. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you can you can upload in that particular amp and other amps have different functionality. Um, for that amp, you can upload 25 different presets in your in the head mm -hmm. so you can have five cleans you can have five crunches you can have five mega distortions whatever you want and then um on stage i change it with just a midi board so it's a basic midi board i've had for ever in a day that i've used in other rigs mm -hmm. that talks to this one just fine um and i use for effects anything kind of extra with delays and choruses uh i still have the first version of the tc electronics g major so that's a unit that's a basically an onboard effects processor Delays, choruses, flange, echoes, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, so <clears throat> what happens is the MIDI board will talk to the head, which will then talk to the to the G major or, vi or vice versa. I don't know how I have to set it up. Mm -hmm. and, then the G and the G major is in the effects loop or the bias head, so it'll bring on those effects for, you know, for, for that particular channel. So so channel one could be my dry distortion. Channel mm -hmm. two could be my, my delay heavy distortion for leads and stuff like that. But it can be a Mesa model amp, it mm -hmm. can be a Marshall model amp, it can be a Fender model. Um, you just spend some time dialing the tone in and getting close or getting to what sounds good in a live mix. And that's the big thing is, is the live mix stuff. And and do your bandmates help you carry and set up all that stuff? So you, like they, the, if you're doing if you're doing the double rig? They 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 would begrudgingly help, yes. yes. Um, you know, we <laughs> we would always complain about heavy gear. Does a singer help? Scott is very helpful. Oh, Scott, yeah, okay. I will, I'll right. give him credit. I'll give yeah, him yeah. Not, not just because we're, you know, he, Scott will help out, and he's, uh, he's, he's absolutely a team player. Yeah. Um, well, there's it, tons of memes about singers and, and he, not he, helping. Uh, so. He, uh, he doesn't just bring his microphone in. He helps. There you go. Bring gear yeah. in. So it's pretty cool. That's um, awesome. So the way, so we, we were, the cool thing we haven't got to travel with yet is, so we've moved everything into one big rack now. So Ryan used to have in his head case, his base head, his his onboard mm -hmm. stuff he was using. Then I'd have my other case with all my stuff in it. Then Ben would have his in ears and whatever else. Mm -hmm. We moved it over into one big. Um, we call it the house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we nicknamed it just called one big house. We had the uh, we had a smaller case we called the apartment. Then we moved everything into a big case that we call <laughs> it the house. And so whenever we get to go back out live, um, I'll carry two guitar cabs. And then Ryan's bass cab, and then a drum kit, and then then the house, and that's it. Yeah. So it'll hopefully streamline. It's a little heavy, but it'll streamline the amount of space we need to take up on on the stage, and and wherever you mm -hmm. if you're 
most of these clubs we play, we're not playing, you know, the music music farm every night. We're playing music farm every once in a while. And depending on so, which music farm, it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. big either. So, so we're, you know, Art Bar or, mm-hmm. or the Sparrow down in Charleston Center or something like that. And there's not a there's not a massive amount of storage space. I'm sure that the venues and the other bands appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So the, the thing that will take up the most space will be the drum kit at this point. When it's set up and ready to go on stage. So Ben. <laughs> ben. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we have the big road cases for those. We haul back out to the trailers. So. Uh-huh. Um, we, yeah, our, our goal was to both streamline, um, and have to carry less stuff and yeah. still have, and still be able to recreate this. Yeah, you're same... 35. That's about when that, when that starts to happen. I'm 34. 34. Yes, I'll be, oh. I'll be 35 later this year. But, yeah. This year. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, carrying heavy stuff doesn't bother me. It's not, a, it's not a big deal. It's just at this point I went kind of kicking and screaming into the digital world. Um, again, credit to my buddy, Justin and, and three guys I mentioned, he, uh, he introduced me to the Biotrack stuff. God, better part of two years ago, and he's been telling me about you know the axe effects, and we'd argue so much back and forth, not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. the uh, I'm a tube purist. I need my tube head. I need my boost mm-hmm. pedal. I need this sound. This is my sound. I don't want any other sound. And then I went on tour with them for a you know, tour. They did a run, um, and I helped sell the merch, and I was on the road with them. So I actually got to try um, the Bias Mini, which is the half the half the power is the rack. And so my rack's 600 watts. The Mini, I think, is 300 watts, but it can still push a 412 like you wouldn't believe. So I got to try it. I got to stand in front of it with a guitar. I played their seven-string guitars and feel the the hit. The air moving. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I, I can I can be okay with this. Like now that, I, now that I'm in front of it, it's not a demo online. It's not it's yeah. not somebody tell me. So, and of course, I trust Justin's opinion, sort of, because we you know we go back and forth about it. Um, but until I actually got to play it and hear his and hear. Um, his other buddy Steven plays plays with him, Steven Funderburg. So I got to I got to mess with their amps, and he got to um, you know show me how this thing responded, and it felt so natural that I'm like, all right, it's natural. It feels and it has tube emulation that I that this is this is what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and I found it, and it took 30 seconds of tweaking knobs to get a usable tone that I like. Just just messing around, mm-hmm. I was like, well, imagine taking it home and spending an hour with it. Yeah, and um, other other software works and responds differently. Uh, the bias stuff is responds with the bias effects. I'm sorry, the bias amp software. So they have they have a platform of software that I can connect my iPad via Bluetooth to the amp, and instead of me sitting there dialing knobs, I can control stuff on the iPad under the hood stuff. That's convenient. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to use that in a live situation. I'd save it and be done with it. Yeah, yeah. But for for home and dialing stuff in and saving stuff to banks and saving stuff on my board, it's stupid cool like yeah. that's awesome stuff and then um the really cool part about that and, and then i'm kind of raving about the bias stuff a little bit but that so the bias amp software they have a sister software called bias effects which is like onboard delays and stuff okay. they haven't they haven't migrated it into a tangible unit yet but it's a standalone software um which I'll, i have a basic access to that one what I use most of the time when I'm sitting upstairs trying to write some riffs mm-hmm. um, is I'll actually use the Bias Amp software. And if I like a tone that I've created in this software, I can save it to my cloud, go to my iPad, pull up my cloud downstairs, and load yep. that tone I created onto the onto the head. Well, technology yeah. is wonderful. So it's nuts. I got a, a Q, uh, Allen and Heath Q16 right over there. Yeah. And it's very similar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I can, great. I can if I for, if for some reason I have forgotten an iPad or if I'm at a show and something's not being like like normal 
and I didn't bring an iPad. I, don't, I normally don't travel with that, but can you do um, it on your phone. I can do it on my phone. Yeah. So the same cloud, the same cloud I can get to from my iPad, or the same cloud I can get to from my office, or the same cloud I can get to from my phone, I can I can grab that amp tone from that and put it on my head almost immediately in a live situation if I had to. That's awesome. The uh, I have that uh, uh, BG two hundred and fifty from TC Electronics, and they have that tone print. Yes. You know, I yes. don't know if you're very familiar yes. with that stuff. Ryan's it's, got a compressor pedal that uses the tone print yeah, software. Yeah. Stick your phone up there. Yep. yep. The Spectra comp. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I have that too. It makes a weird noise. Yep. It sounds like an old dial-up yeah. modem, like you're getting on the internet back in the day. Yep. 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 So that, he uses that for some stuff. Um, Ryan's board. Ryan's board super simple. He uses um, boss, a Boss NS2 noise gate, a uh, dark glass preamp pedal, and then the Spectra compression. Okay. And then of course he has a rack tuner. He has a, a DTR. He has a Korg DTR 2000 for his rack tuner. I have a DTR 1000. Um, now, is that the fridge I saw in there? The the big, was it 410? That's a big, that's a big 810 cab. Yeah. He's, yep, it's an Ampeg 810 he's been using for forever and a day. Yeah. Things heavy. <laughs> it looks heavy. It is heavy. It, um, but it, it sounds right. Makes me sore looking at it. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm, I'm carrying around the pair of crank cabs. I know. Uh, when we go in but there. they sounded great. They sound awesome. And I'll run them stereo. You've you, you yeah. heard that. So it'll, um, it'll help, you know, since we're, you know, Ben, myself, and Ryan, it helps to fill that stage with sound. I know the monitors do do a good job of that too, but mm -hmm. it helps to um, it helps to just kind of give it a stereo. You know, obviously, a stereo sound. If I walk to the other side of the stage, I'm not having to worry about Ryan's monitor being at my monitor level or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, like, we get sound across the stage, and it just helps to stay consistent and tight on it on you know performing. So, now, do you have um, like a guitar? Like, who are your biggest influences on guitar i don't want to say guitar hero i don't know yeah, if that's trademark no, I mean, or not, it's but. um I mean, the, the cliche answer um I, I, I can recognize dimebag almost immediately mm -hmm. um but adam dirkwitz from killswitch is is one of my big favorites um mike bishop from stained and so in the it's not so much the the glamour of their songs it's their playing style right it's the use of alternate tunings and it's use of aggressive aggressive stuff um oddly enough um clint, clint lowry and sean morgan they're both in seether right now but um, I've been a big fan of Clint Lowry for years. There's that groove style of rock he does, and then Sean Morgan, I'd give him just that, just some of the melody and the way he writes. You know, so yeah, you know, I hate to like pick big names that everybody's sure. like, oh yeah, there's a cliche, but um, you well, know, there's a reason why everybody knows. You, right, right. So, and it, but it's it's for me, it's nuanced enough to say like, oh, I don't give. I mean, I, I care about their bands. They're awesome bands. I'm big fans of them. But I'll sit down and listen to some of the stuff they're doing, and I'm like, all right, how do I do that? Right. You know. And it's it's stuff that catches my ear. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's interesting. You said that. So when you listen to them, you say, "How am I going to do that?" Versus what are they doing? Right, right. I, and I find myself the same way. Where yeah. it's like I listen. It's like okay, I'm less concerned about what he's doing versus how am I going to do that? Right. So once you, and you probably know this. Once you start learning guitar yep. theory and technique and whatever else. Yep. The more you learn, the more you realize you have to learn. Well, I know there, uh, I know a lot of guys that can like be like, "This is what he's doing," and he, they start playing that thing. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's not how I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't either. That, that, that helps if you have some classical training in in, yeah. in in scales and theory, which I do not. I've taught myself a lot of that, yep. and I can find it. it. Takes me a minute longer. It takes sometimes it takes me forever longer to find it, but I, at least I understand what they're doing, mm -hmm. and um, and it helps to just kind of know like that's a cool guitar playing technique versus mm -hmm. I, I don't care what scale it's in. I want to know how they did that particular thing. 
right. uh, pinch harmonics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me some it took me some time to figure that out, but once I did, I can do them over guitar now. It's not a you know, yeah. it's just one of those things. When you learn that tool, right, yeah. then you can create with that tool. Yep, I just it's almost like a I don't want to say like a working man's knowledge, but it's you know. I identify with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I never, yeah. like I said, I never took lessons. Um, I, my, I think my mom offered me piano lessons, and I was how old was I? I was way too cool to take piano back in the day. So I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to play guitar. I don't think I ever felt coordinated enough. Well, and now as an adult, <laughs> like we have a have a piano at my mom's house, and I'm like, yeah, I wish I knew how to use both hands to do this because, like, I don't, you know, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. You know, I, I know the notes. I know, I know what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. but as far as taking the guitar knowledge and saying this is what this hand does this is what this one does how do i break that and then say all right these are what they do slowly that's that's how yeah. you do that is yeah. you go very slowly yeah um i was taking the piano class when i was at the at usc school of music which i've dropped out of that twice <laughs> but um and it was because of the piano like i yeah. just couldn't yeah. do it but yeah. i had a really good piano teacher and i don't remember his name he was like a ta and I was like, you know, I can, I can play the part. I can play that part. Right. How do you? Maybe, do yeah, yeah. And he was like, just slow it way down to like as slow as you, you know what I mean, you can go right. with your, you know, metronome. Yeah. And I was able to fumble through it. But ask, uh, ask Ben how good I am with a metronome. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I, lo- I love a metronome. I had a, a bass teacher years ago named Tim Easter, also with USC School of Music, and he was like. He hammered that thing yeah. home, and I can, it, uh, it stuck. There's a there's a lot of stuff you know over the years with music school that like it kind of like high school <laughs> like you remember some things you don't remember a lot of things, but that's definitely yeah yeah definitely I something can, uh, I remember. I can get there with Ben's help usually, mm-hmm. and so I've I've always played better to a drummer because because I listen to feels and I listen to to whenever the change is coming mm-hmm. versus a metronome, which is, I mean, obviously it should be the, the, the exact same easy thing to hear as your timing. Well, but at the same time, like for me, you're like, eh. I mean, it's, it's different when you sit around the house and practice with a metronome. I mean, I guess when any drummer, but I know I play with Ben at church a lot. And so with, whenever he's playing, whenever he's getting ready to do those changes, it's the feel. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something different than yeah. a metronome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and I've never really, until I get into a studio session, I don't need to sit down with a metronome. Yeah, those, when I'm sitting home, those producers love that metronome. Yeah, well, I mean, I get it because there's, <laughs> yeah. there's the, the recording grid and stuff. Yep. But when I'm sitting at home, like, I well, write, Also, all the music on the radio, it's yeah, 10 yeah. times. Yeah, so, so I'll sit down, and, and you heard us jamming today. I'll sit down and just riff something out until I find a groove. Mm-hmm. I'll find a groove in it. Mm-hmm. What time signature is it? I don't know. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. But I'll find the groove in it, and then I'll, then I'll work towards something a little bit more formal with Ben and, and, and actually kind of flesh out the riff in the right way that, that's somewhat musically correct. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's all good. It's all good with that. Um, and so earlier today before you came here, you were running. Yep. So you, you're keeping yep. in shape during yep. the quarantine so and the shutdown. I, uh, I, uh, I probably had a beer or two extra during quarantine. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, um, had a checkup two weeks ago at Perfect Bill of Health. Good. Um, since so just about two weeks ago, I started going back into my office two days a week. Uh, I would get up in the morning since I have to leave my house, and instead of having to get ready for work right away, um, I would I would just I started doing the insanity program. I, I did it twice around. It was awful. It was tough. Sounds like it. It it was. Let me not say it was awful. It was very challenging. <laughs> um, 
politically correct answer. It's actually a great program, and it's and it's and it's what they call hit training, which is high intensity interval training, jumping, sitting up, pushing up, uh, you know, squats. It's all kind of in place stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to start back doing it again because it's, it was 50 degrees this morning running, and I don't like to run in the cold. You don't. Uh, I, I can do it when it's cool. When it's cold, I can't do it. I don't like to do the extremes of either one. Yeah, so if it's like yeah. really hot, I don't like that. And I can, it's really I can cold, do the I don't heat like that. more than I can do the cold when it comes to that stuff. Um, which yeah, is which is strange because um, I'm I'm pouring sweat. It's gross, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, so quarantine workout uh, two two ish miles um, every morning mm-hmm. right now. Before that, before um, you know, before when everything was completely shut down. I was doing insanity, um, you know. So I was doing that regiment and this, but it's it was bodybuilding stuff um, as well, not like bodybuilder, but toning and stuff like that. Now when the gyms open back up, I started going back to my gym, uh, my normal three days. So I'll, I'll continue my cardio in the mornings. I still I was still doing insanity at the time. I was finishing mm-hmm. out the second round of the program. Then on Mondays, Mondays I do a, a, a body group. Wednesday a body group, and then Friday a body group. Mm-hmm. The weekends I still do some kind of cardio or some kind of something um, to stay moving. If I go about three days without some kind of exercise, my body hates me. Like I start feeling those heavy calves. I start feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yes, that's yeah. probably why I have a forty-pound amp. Yep. I uh, start if I if, if when I when I stop <laughs> when I stop that's when I start feeling. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how fast it, it's like perishable. How fast it. It's, it takes be. forever to get it, but it disappears. You know. Um, and it's it's helped with, with honestly sanity. I mean, it's been, yes, I can understand you know, that. Yeah. So. Yes, there's a. I started noticing. So during the quarantine, uh, my job was shut down. Not shut down, but we were working out from home for right. like six weeks. And then right. at the beginning of May, we went back, and we've been back. Sure, sure. You know, gun. However, we're, we're doing a phase in, so it's still, it's still. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and, uh, but I can tell you during the time where you're home, and even you know not being able to go and do stuff, and especially musicians right. like can't. Right. Not right. being able to play exactly, live. exactly, exactly, exactly. You, you, you go from being able to gig and get that expression out that we yeah. possess, and then you go from to, to nothing. Yes, it's, it's been you know it's been challenging, and I have, and I've talked to friends about it. You know, like I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't have a problem like being like completely transparent and tell you like anxiety was through the roof, and it's and it's and it's, it's still kind of that way. It's or still just the the overall feeling of loneliness from yeah. like no interaction, yeah. right? I'm a people person, man. So, yeah. you know, my day job, I'm around people and then the band and then the, the gigs and stuff to go from that to absolutely nothing yeah. was, was pretty, was, it's, it's still pretty tough. I'm know? heavily introverted, but that doesn't mean it can go forever. Like right. You, right. Right. <laughs> after a while, it's like, okay, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm extremely extroverted. Like I've had, I've had dates go awry where girls didn't really dig the fact that, you know, I didn't want to sit home on a, you know, whatever night. Cause I'm like, I'm working from home all day. You yeah. Know? So, you know, being a bachelor style individual, I don't really like to cook for myself. I mean, I will, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty challenging to be inside all day, have lunch at my kitchen table on my lunch break for work, mm-hmm. and then finish my day, go try to exercise, and come back home and cook again. Like this, this, there's only so much of that that I can personally handle. You know, right? In a in a perfect world where we're gigging and I'm at my office and stuff like that, yeah, I don't I don't mind coming home and staying in. Yeah, yeah, that's not a big deal, but. It's uh, it's it's been a it's been a challenge, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, I was good for a really long time, and then it's, it's like a switch. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. like okay, like yeah. I gotta, you know, start making calls and getting back out there. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm a creature of habit in some ways. Yeah. So you know, I have my gym workout, I have my work regiment, 
And then after that's done, I'm like, all right, now it's my time to just not be confined to something, some arbitrary schedule I made for my day, right? Yeah. You know, because I mean, I, I'm, I made it for myself, so I'm the one doing it. Um, so, so now it's like, all right, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I still figure this out? You know, my home office upstairs is where I've also been working, mm-hmm. which is where my guitars are. And like, yep. I don't want to walk back in that room after I've been in there seven and a half, eight hours a day, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was right here, right yeah. at this table. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to walk back in that room and sit in there two more hours that night, uh, which is, you know, kind of tying back to our music stuff, which is really cool because on the iPad, I can plug an iRig in mm-hmm. and play guitar in the living room, you know, so that's stuff like that. Or I can, or I can take a guitar downstairs and, you know, crank up an amp or whatever, which is, which is cool too, but. Yeah, you you have a lot of music stuff all over your house. You, yeah. you you're pretty good wherever it's, you go. It's 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 cool, <laughs> but you know, back to the, to the point of this whole you know conversation is that you know that as cool as that is, any any place gets small when you're when you're in it all the time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so I couldn't imagine being a inmate somewhere, and you know, I would be. It'd be a it'd be a tough sell to you know. Yeah. To sell. <laughs> to bunch. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Um, I I think that would be the point of prison, right? Right. <laughs> yes. To, yes, it would be for you to to think about what you've done to get there, to get there, and not want to go back. Right. Hopefully, right. you know, yeah. never been arrested, you know, thus far. Never. I don't. I don't think I've been in any major trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I, I declined to comment because we'll. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. You're like mom, mom. <laughs> no, no. I've 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 been very fortunate and avoided. Avoided any kind of dumb decisions that would would you know? Good for you, man. Cause me other other issues. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a lot of people that struggle with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think we've passed the hour mark, actually. So. Excellent. Yeah, man. Excellent. This has been great. Thanks Except for the little... thanks for having me on the on the show. Yeah. We the, got... Whatever this will be. Whatever. The, so you <laughs> came up with a working title. We'll... So See, come... too bad the working title already took the name working title. <laughs> <laughs> we can call it. Um... Oak table, oak table music okay. sessions. I don't know if it's oak, but maybe we can just call it that. Looks like oak to me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You have it. It's oak. Nice. Well, thanks, man. I yeah, appreciate, man. Thanks appreciate for you, coming. Appreciate you having me on the the whatever this will be yes. video. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, Again, man. thanks. Very much enjoyed it. Yeah, man. There was there was the sun was up when we started. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You have a trash can. There? I do. You can hand it to me right here. I don't think I. And we're done. Nice. That was fun.